Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. With word breaking that uh, the NBA players uh, had boycotted today's playoff games, I felt I should reach out to Vincent Norman. He's our ace sports correspondent, our uh, medical, uh, excuse me, our marijuana correspondent, our political correspondent. He's all around guy on the Ben Jarofsky show. He comes on to talk about basketball, marijuana, uh, everything else uh, in the universe. And uh, so, Vincent, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. This is uh, oh, interesting day. Interesting day, I should say. Yeah, this is a powerful day. And, and, and let me just do the setup. This all kind of, for Vincent and myself, began last night. Late last night, I'd been watching the games. Uh, and in the background of the games, there was the fallout from the shooting of uh, Jacob Blake in Kenosha. Police just shot the man in the back seven times. Uh, he's probably going to be paralyzed. He is paralyzed, but luckily it looks like he's going to survive. And Vincent, all during the games, the players have been talking about how distraught they were, uh, how upset they were, how uncertain they felt about playing basketball at a moment like this, that they wanted to use their prominence uh, and their notoriety and their popularity to put pressure on the powers that be in this country to address the issue of police killing black men and uh, black women for that matter. And, uh, but yet they were playing the games. Um, and uh, they considered boycotting, but they hadn't boycotted. Anyway, this was the, the backdrop of it. And I got a text from Vincent. You must have texted this thing around midnight. And you go, you got to watch this. Uh, and and just give a little introduction to what it was that you wanted me to watch, and then I'll ask Dennis uh, to play it. Um, a friend of mine posted it uh, on Instagram, and um, you know I saw it in my feed. Uh, uh, Coach Doc Rivers uh, for the Los Angeles uh, Clippers, and you know by the way, you know uh, Doc Rivers had dealt with some racial issues before with the owner. The, the past owner, which made some comments about Magic Johnson for those fans out there that remember that incident about a few years ago. So he had to deal with that and uh, dealing with the team and the players, you know, because they was not they wasn't sure they wanted to play for that owner. So last night, uh, you know, during the press conference after they won the game, he made an emotional uh, statement and. Uh, I mean, holding back tears, and then it, it, it really was powerful. And um, and I just sent it out. I sent it out to Tom Schubert as well, and he responded back. I sent it out to a lot of uh, associates and individuals and friends and families because it really was impactful for me, and it really uh, resonated, and I just wanted to share it with everybody that I knew in my circle. So I sent it out around about 12 midnight, and got a lot of responses back. And um, yeah, 
was powerful. I think we might even have a clip there, you know. Yeah. All right, Dennis, play the clip, and then we'll break it down uh, after we're done listening to Coach Doc Rivers, who, by the way, as I said earlier today, uh, is a graduate of Proviso East High School uh, in Maywood. His family still lives uh, in the western suburbs, so his roots are in the Chicago area. Doc Rivers. Go ahead, D. Sad. Um, you know, it, what stands out to me is um, – just, just watching the Republican revenge, uh, convention, and this, they're spewing this fear, right? Like, all you hear Donald Trump and all of them talking about fear. We're the ones getting killed. We're the ones getting shot. Uh, we're the ones that we're denied to live in certain communities. Um, we've been hung. We've been shot. And. All you do is keep hearing about fear. It's it's amazing to me why we keep loving this country, and this country does not love us back. Wow, Doc Rivers, we keep loving this country, and this country doesn't love us back. Vincent, your thoughts. Um, I mean, hearing it again, you know, it, it brought a lot of mixed emotions. Um, you know, uh, man, I mean, what a powerful statement. And uh, just in general, my, my thoughts is that um, it just, with everything that's going on here, another African-American being shot, but not just being shot, shot seven times in the back in front of his kids. So the trauma that they had to go through, the trauma that uh, my brothers and sisters, myself and others, you know, have to go through, witnessing that, after, especially after uh, George Floyd's death, Breonna Taylor, et cetera. And uh, it, it just, it's just resonated that, you know, for me, I, I just felt his pain and also felt like, okay, what's next? And then, you know, today, you know, the players, they took a stand. You know, I, I think that, you know, uh, this really bothered them yesterday, the day before, and playing and seeing all these things happen. Um, and so they boycotted the games. Uh, it started with the Milwaukee Bucks. They refused to come out on the court. The Orlando players were already out there on the court, and uh, the guys said they weren't playing today. And then they went on to the next game, and then I think just Adam Silverman, the commissioner, was smart enough to realize that, you know, in, in my head off to him, you know, he realized it's just postpone, just cancel all the games because, you know, we really need to get to the root of the problem here before we, you know, want to celebrate basketball. It's the playoffs or whatever it is. Uh, we really need to address these issues. And it starts with the owners, corporations, sponsors, uh, people of power, because until uh, it affects the bottom line, which is revenue, profits. Um, I don't think things going to change. So I was glad to see the players uh, take that stance. Uh, before we get into the uh, significance of the boycott, and I think you're right, it is a profound moment in sports. Let's talk about Doc. Go back to Doc's comments. And I want to ask you the comments uh, a reference to the fact that you served in the Marines. And uh, you're a vet. 
And he said, we love our country. We keep uh, loving our country and our country doesn't love us back. And that must have a very powerful uh, resonance for you, Vincent. Again, you joined, you were in the Marines. How many years were you in the Marines? Six years. Six years Six. in the Marines. So obviously you have a lot of love for your country. You put your life on the line to join the Marines. Talk about how that just resonates with you with Doc Rivers saying that we love our country, but our country doesn't love us back. You know, it, it resonated on a lot of levels, even when you um, <clears throat> get involved and in, in, in sign up to, to defend uh, the Constitution, defend America, the American people, this country, and um, even inside Marine Corps and the military itself, and you and you're dealing with uh, the honorable thing to serve, and sometimes you also run into that same problem because you know racism exists everywhere. I tell people all the time, you know, in the school systems, you know, on the fields, uh, in the in the boardrooms. So even when I was in the military you know, in the Marine Corps, I dealt with some of those issues as well, you know, but for me representing my country and loving my country and loving the fact, that, you know, I was born here in Chicago and had the opportunity to travel all over the world. Um, he's right. You know, you, you stand for something and uh, you look around and there's no support. You know, we know a lot of veterans that came home and was homeless. They fought for their country and their country didn't love them back. And uh, these are Vietnam vets, these are veterans just in general. And so, um, yeah, he's right. You know, as a black man, you know, I, I wanted to represent the Marine Corps, that uniform, my country, my people, my family. And, and in return, I still get pulled over and be treated like a second class, third class citizen, you know. And uh, it's, it's really uh, disheartening. Uh, I don't know if you saw it or can't recall if I had a conversation with you about it, but uh, a couple months ago, Spike Lee came out with a movie, Defy Bloods, and it's a story of some black GIs who had served in the Vietnam War before your time. And uh, one of the themes of the movie is the conflict they have in their head, Vincent, between... The, their desire to serve the country and the prejudice and racism that they faced in the United States and they were wondering why they were fighting for a country that had so much racism uh, and they were dealing openly with this turmoil and the conflicting feelings they had did you get any kind of feedback from people when you were joining the Marines or when you were in the Marines saying, why are you doing this, Vincent? Why are you serving a country that's prejudiced against you? Oh, yeah, from uh, a, few, uh, a few friends, uh, family members, you know, like, man, you shouldn't go in. Um, and then even when I was in the service, you know, dealing with, uh, uh, again, some of the uh, open uh, racism that, that existed you know, in my platoon and, and on some of the military bases, you know, I had second thoughts. But again, you know, I'm that type of individual that tries to, uh, you know, uh, bring people together. Um, 
and, and stand for what I stand for and hopefully that uh you know, you can change some lives and change some views. But, uh, you know, yeah, definitely people, you know, even today, you know, I, I know a few young men that might want to join the service. And uh, that's the first thing their family or friends tell them, man, you don't go fight for America. America's not going to fight for you. And it's and it's so true when you look at, you know, our young black men and women and how they're being slaughtered in the, in the streets of America. And, uh, and <clears throat> I mean, in broad daylight, and uh, with 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 no conscience whatsoever for human life uh, from these racist uh, individuals, you know, I don't even call them cops. I just call them for what it is, racial, racist individuals, because you know, I have you know uh, police officers that are good friends of mine, and all cops are not bad. We know that, but that's you sprinkle dirt and salt. And you get it very grimy, and that's what we have. You know, a, a lot of you know, a few dirty cops that's you know messing up. You know, the other uh, police officers is trying to do right, trying to do good. You mentioned that uh, you yourself been pulled over. This is after you came out of the service. You've had uh, police uh, unfairly pull you over when you're driving the car. Oh yeah, that's you know uh, that happened several times. You know, the, and, and the crazy part about it was the day that George Floyd uh, died by the hands of a racist uh, individual, that morning I, I saw the video that later on in the evening, I was on my way home and I was going through the alley and I saw a text message and so I pulled over to read the text and then I started sending the text back and police officers twirled up behind me and uh, threw the lights on. <clears throat> I moved my car to, I'm in the alley now, I moved my car to an open lot and they get out the car and they you know, ask me, what am I doing in the alley? I said, well, I pulled over to the side because I was texting on my phone and I wasn't going to drive and text. I said, there's a problem, officer. Well, we got some break-ins over here. I said, do it look like, <laughs> I'm look like I'm going to break in some houses? I live right down the street. And uh, he said, oh, well, we're just, you know, just checking. I said, no, you're checking, you know, and, and I was really angry because, I, like I said, again, I had just witnessed that morning uh, Floyd's death. I said, you're checking because I'm having to be an African-American in my car. And that's why you checking. He said, no, it's not that. It's not that. I said, well, I'm glad your body cam is on because that's what it's about. And I said, good day, officer. He said, you can go. I said, no, I'm going to finish texting. And I finished texting. They drove off, and then I went on to my house. So this this was that day of that incident. And there's, you know, and, and that's not the first time. And God forbid, I hope it's the last, but we'll see. Uh, have you ever had a, a, a confrontation with a police officer where you said, you know, officer, I'm a Marine. I serve this country. Have you ever said that to a police officer? Oh, several times, you know. Uh, I, I usually don't make that the announcement, but uh, when I lived in uh, Baltimore, you know, I did have the United States Marine Corps on my uh, in my dashboard, and the officer pulled me over, and he saw that, and he said, are you served in the military? I said, yes, I did. And he said, uh, thanks for your service. He said, I was just pulling you over, um, <clears throat> you know, seeing like you were uh, speeding, 
I said, seemed like I was speeding. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, hold on a second. Bring that back. Like, you know, he said, well, uh, you know, my, my radar picked up uh, that she was going over. Uh, I said, okay. And this is way before body, body cam, of course. But he said, uh, I'm going to give you a warning and uh, have a good day. Got my license, check my, my uh, information, and then let me go. And I think part of the reason, you know, he let me go, obviously, um, military services. But I don't use that as a you know, tool to try to get off of a uh, traffic violation, anything like that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just amazing how things uh, things are done here in, uh, in the US, good old USA, I should say. Well, I got to tell you, uh, one of the things I've been really struggling with, uh, Vincent, is I've been watching footage from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, and uh, last night there was a group of pro-police counter protesters who showed up i don't know if you've seen this footage uh and they're shouting out the praise of the police the police come by give them water you know here i hope you stay hydrated or this you know thank you for whatever and one of them is the one who allegedly shot two people killed two people vincent and the police just let him walk by you know what I mean? You talk about the, did you the power see? Did you, did you see? I, I want to. I, I want the the listeners to really listen to this. This young man, Caucasian, seventeen years old, had a rifle, the same rifle that he shot and killed two people and wounded a third, was walking right past these police officers. At some point, he threw his hands up, and they still did not detain this young man. He was surrendering, and they still rolled past him. You talk about white privilege? That was amazing to me. But yet and still, you shoot an unarmed black man in the back seven times. Let that sink in, listeners. Let that sink in. That was just amazing to me. So what you just said, Ben, was again, and, and then I hear the mayor says that we did not authorize any militia groups to participate in last night uh, roundup or curfew, security detail, whatever. But yet and still, what you just said, they was giving those guys waters and telling them to uh, go on throughout their day. Yeah. And these were armed white men yeah i'll take it one step further the beginning of what doc Rivers said which was so powerful uh, before he started talking about how he uh, we love our country the country doesn't love us back he was alluding to the republican convention and and i've been talking a lot about that in the show the republicans are beaming out a message vincent of hate and fear and they want to win this election by scaring white people into voting for Donald Trump or playing on hatred to get them to vote for Donald Trump, turn it into a us versus them situation. That's what they're doing. And in that first night, they brought out that crazy couple from St. Louis, the McCloskeys. They're the ones when the Black Lives Matter protesters were walking peacefully by their house, came out with the guns, waving the guns. And 
They've been since charged, or at least the man I think has been charged with an un- unlawful use of a gun, something like that. Federal charges, yes, F- pending. Pending, and they're still brought before the Republican convention. Like they're heroes. Right. And they like get they, up there and they go, you better look out, America. They're coming for you. They're coming for your property. And so what do we see last night, Vincent? Man with a gun. Like he's, quote, unquote, protecting somebody or something. Doc Rivers was just right on, in my humble opinion, with what he said at the opening. Not just the ending, but the opening. Your thoughts. Yes, you know, um, he said that, you know, uh, the Republicans are, you know, invoking fear. He said fear. We're the ones have to be in fear. We're the ones have to drive down the street. We don't want to have to worry about a police officer pulling us over and being shot. We're the ones that are sitting in our apartments, minding our own business. The door getting kicked in, being shot. Rihanna Taylor. We're the ones that have to fear the fact, you know, uh, a black man is sitting on his couch and a police officer comes in claiming she thought she was in her apartment and shoots him dead. We're the ones you can't even jog in the neighborhood. A white group of men pull up, following behind us, and shoot us in point blank range. So fear. Where's the fear? It's like he said, where is the fear? We're the ones that be in fear. We're the ones that's being targeted. We're the ones that's being uh, shot. And so, um, yeah, the, the opening statement that he made was powerful. And, um, you know, again, I, I, I salute, I, I applaud those uh, NBA players, those individuals, the team for taking a stand today. This is a powerful message. Today is a powerful day for not only uh, black America, but athletes in general. Let's just not remember. And when a few, even what a few years ago, Colin Kaepernick took a knee and was blackballed out the NFL. And so now to see a 360 more to turn around that these athletes starting to really understand the power that they have, walking off the court, telling the the owners that we're not playing today, telling the corporations, the sponsors, we're not playing today. You won't get your ads off on national television. You know, you won't be able to promote your product in front of millions of people. You know, Black Lives does matter. And so for that reason, we're going to make sure that we uh, slow down the growth of finances and uh, revenue and profitability and all those things that these corporations depend on. So uh, this is a this is a new new day and. Man, uh, I'm excited. I'm, I was happy for these guys. And like I said, it almost brought me to tears when uh, I heard the announcement because I understand what this is about, you know, and I, and you can almost hear in uh, Doc Rivers' uh, voice that this is not something that he wanted to say yesterday, but this is something that he's been harping on for years and wanted to say, you know, but again, you know, when you speak out, they blackball you. AKA Chris Jackson. My dude, 
Rahul from uh, Chris Jackson was he's really one of I know you said uh, um, what's his name the three Craig Hodges Crazy Hodges from the uh, Chicago Bulls was one of the first to speak out but then uh, Chris Jackson was blackballed for sitting down doing the national anthem in the NBA for those who don't know who Chris Jackson is Google him he was the first Colin Kaepernick that sat down doing the national yes. anthem. That's Colin correct. Kaepernick took a knee, but Craig Hodges pioneered before him by when they went to the White House. He handed a letter to the first George Bush, George Bush Senior. Senior. Yeah, and, well, Craig uh, Hodges. Go ahead. No, Craig Hodges. Who everybody knows, I love Craig Hodges. Craig Hodges in nineteen ninety one. And he's been on the show and he's told a story. So I'm just repeating his story. In 1991, my beloved Chicago Bulls finally made it to the world championship. Day one, they're playing the Lakers. And Craig Hodges, who's so far ahead of his time, Vincent, went up to Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson. So a player from his own team, the superstar on his own team, and the superstar on the other team. And he said, let's not play the game. Let's boycott the game. Let's send a message. And let's say, until this country is serious about addressing the wrongs that are afflicting uh, the black community, we're not going to play. <laughs> I'm laughing as I think about it, Vincent, because Jordan's looking at him like, I'm sure, like, are you out of your freaking mind? You know what I mean? Right. And, and I, when he told me the story on the show, I said, hey, Craig, I love you dearly, but could you, my beloved Bulls finally made the championship. Could you hold off on the point? He has a sense of humor. But the point is, Vincent, it took 20 years for Craig Hodges' vision, you know what I'm saying, to to take hold. And I just think about the change. Think about Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I know he's a friend of yours, but just think about him, Vincent. He, He was reluctant to support. He didn't support Harvey Gantt, even though his mom implored him to. It was in the last dance. He talked about it. Uh, And you know, because he, he didn't want to take that stand. And now we have LeBron James, who's the greatest player in the game right now, leading. leading. I bet your LeBron James had a role in this, Vincent. It hasn't come out yet. But taking a leading stand, things have really changed in the NBA. Would you not agree? <laughs> they definitely changed. You know, you know I, I, I got to say, you know, uh, I'll give LeBron James credit, but I have to say that I think that Doc Rivers' statement last night after the press conference, during the press conference, I should say, after they won their game and talked about the victory, could have talked about, addressed this issue. And I think that it touched a lot of the F this thing. You know, especially when you wake up in the morning and find out that three people have been shot last night during protesting. And it was by a quote unquote, allegedly, one of the malicious group, a white young man, 17 years old, that probably don't even know how to tie his shoe right. Don't even know about life. Being influenced by white supremacy being influenced by these militia groups and now his life is ruined 
because he ruined two other lives and again wounded a, a third. And um, man, this was speechless when that one. And we don't. And by the way, this is just the start. Uh, we I actually we don't know where how far this will go, but there's already talk. Before we started the interview, I noticed uh, the Milwaukee Brewers again, teams from Wisconsin because Kenosha is in Wisconsin. Milwaukee Brewers talking about possibly uh, boycotting a game, and um, the Green Bay Packers have had meetings. And then just think about that to talk about it. It was just three years ago they blackballed Colin Ka- Kaepernick Vincent, as you said, in the NFL. And the owner, uh, Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys, commanded his players like, you know, he was the dictator. Uh, and, like he was a slave owner. Was, Let's call it right. Like yes. he was a slave owner. Like they were like he was a slave. Yes. Like he was a slave owner that if anyone takes a knee, you would no longer perform and play in my stadium. So, you know, his actions and, and, you know, it was interesting how he came out and said, let's, let's, let grace, you know, let's grace, let grace kind of fulfill, you know, uh, what's going on right now. <clears throat> no, no, that's, you know, people always want to fall back on grace and fall back on God and fall back on this and that. But this is about humanity. This is about human life. You don't respect human life, whether it's black, Asian, white, green, purple. You don't expect. You don't respect that. It takes all this for you to come to some conclusion to say I was wrong. It takes all this for you to come and uh, and change your ways. And, and and sometimes you have to even question that. Some of these owners, some of these people in general. Some of these corporations that are now saying Black Lives Matter, like Starbucks, Black Lives Matter. But then when a, one of the employees wore a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, oh, you can't wear that in here. And then that was an uproar. So it, it's, it's like a dog and pony show. And so uh, I, I, I don't know. But this is, this is, like I said, today is a powerful moment in uh, and I think the NFL players, I think Major League Baseball, some of the athletes there, they're looking at this like, you know, hey, enough is enough. What are we doing? Yeah. All right, Vincent. Uh, enough is enough. What are we doing? And where it goes from here, I do not know. But I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about it. And we'll be following this one closely. I have a feeling that the boycott will spread and how Donald Trump responds uh, and how the Democrats respond will have a role in it. Remember, this is all happening in the context of a presidential election in which Donald Trump, and I'll say it, I'm saying it, not Vincent, I'm saying it. Donald Trump is blatantly trying to exploit white fears to get reelected. That's what he's trying to do, Vincent, in my humble opinion. I agree 100% with Doc Rivers. That was, to me, was as powerful a statement. They were both powerful statements. But he came out and said it. And I am with him 100%. So we're going to see how Donald Trump responds. Will he throw, he's going to give a speech tomorrow at the Republican. Will he ignore it? Will he throw gas in the fire? Will he, he continue to bring vigilantes? I, I, I guarantee he'll throw more gas on the fire. And uh, 
I, you know, again, I agree with you 110%. You know, I'm 110% behind the players. Uh, what Doc Rivers said, uh, I endorse, but not only endorse, I've witnessed it myself as an African-American entrepreneur, um, a man in this country. And so, um, yeah, it, you know, this is it's time for change. It's time for the corporations uh, to, you know, leave the dog and pony show uh, at the office and get out here and, and get on the firing lines. And uh, these CEOs, these sponsors, these owners of these sports teams, and more athletes, they need to uh, stand up for uh, the injustice, the the, the Blakely um, slaughter of human lives out here in the communities, African American communities, and uh, until that happens, uh, ain't no telling where we're going. But like you said, it's doing an election, and not just holding uh, you know Republicans responsible, but Democrats as well, you know. Uh, Democrats have had a way of uh, uh, had plenty of chances to fix this as well and have done nothing and I say that just as, as, as wholeheartedly as I would say that about Republicans so uh, this, is not about, this is not about parties, this is about human lives, it's about human beings, it's about respect and uh, respect of lives and people you know getting in front of this and representing this country the right way all right, Vincent, you take care. We'll talk to you real soon, all right? Thank you very much. You too. That's Vincent Norman. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everyone.